six-pack double feature. Two friends, two movies, and too much to drink. This year, our annual holiday tradition continues with 1985's Santa Claus the Movie and 1994's The Santa Claus. In a very special, warm, happy holiday episode, we're calling The Santa Claus the Movie. It's six-pack double feature. You ever heard sleigh bells? No, not at least not this version. No, it's the band is called Slave. Oh Bells. no, then no. Anyway, I fucking hate Christmas music. <laughs> and their name is Sleigh Bells. And I thought that would be a fun intro song for the uh, Christmas episode today. <laughs> Funny story about that. Uh, Jamie and I went to Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky, about three years ago. There was a a Ralph Steadman exhibit at the university right. at the University of Kentucky. There's a poster for it right over there. Somewhere. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, we went into this record shop. I was looking through the records, and I found this record. The, the title of the record was Sao Paulo, and I was like, "Oh man!" I flipped it over, reading the back, and it was like, "If half the Rolling Stones and Graham Parsons worked at a Detroit assembly line factory and then hung out every night at a dive bar and had beers, this is the band they would sound like." <laughs> And I was like, holy fuck, Jeff Cullen would love this record. And I turned it over, and Jeff Cullen plays the bass on that record. <laughs> I was one of those weird universes touching moments. <coughs> universes touching moments. Wow. Uh, and this, this uh, band, Sleigh Bells, was playing on the PA when I was checking out. I was like, who is this? She said, oh, it's Sleigh Bells. And I was like, oh, let me get that, because this is cool. That was cool. So, And then um, some asshole broke into my truck last summer and stole it. So I, have, I don't have it anymore. That's what I want for Christmas this year. I want somebody to get me a new copy of Sleigh Bells, that record. And the name of that record is, for anyone listening, <laughs> uh, it's just called Treats, and it's from 2010. Mm. Merry Christmas, gang. Wait, wait. Hope you guys are having a uh, fantastic fantastic holiday season. This I, is my first one, beer in weeks. This is my first beer today. <laughs> well, yeah. I hope you guys saw the uh, announcement for this show because I'm pretty sure everybody has seen the Santa Claus with couple, Tim Allen. Yeah, a couple yeah. of times, but I don't know anybody that has seen Santa Claus the movie, so I really need you guys to have seen that. So I know I hadn't you, until you hadn't seen it at all. No. Well, that's, that's what we're, obviously that's what we're doing today. <coughs> it, well, <coughs> I guess we should back up. It is six pack double feature. Hey, <laughs> I'm not Nathan, and I'm not Travis. And uh, today is obviously our annual Christmas episode where we are doing Santa Claus the movie and the Santa Claus. I it's thought this, I marked this line. I put this down here called the Santa Claus debacle because I don't know why we chose. These I chose two it. Movies. I chose it because the titles are so similar. I know. I thought it was funny, and I remember being a kid. And absolutely going bitch cakes for Santa Claus the movie. Because I was five, so I had like... I get it. I have memories. I, that's some of my first memories is like of that age. So like, I don't know, maybe I had I, I had achieved a full awareness, <laughs> I guess. And I maybe became I remember... fully sentient. Yeah, I became fully sentient <laughs> at the age of five. I was fully online. I worked out all the kinks and bugs from the you know, prior four generations. Um, but I remember being absolutely apeshit for this movie. Um, and I think that explains a lot about me as a person now, because this movie is... Well, you know what? We'll get into it in a minute. We uh, we always do we always do a gift exchange. We do. On this here jam, and this year is no different. Uh, so, house rules. I'll go first. Okay. 
There you go. It is not maker's, maker's mark. mark bag. It's just a bag. <laughs> you buying me bourbon it would be a very weird. It'd be like thing. you buying me bourbon, right? <laughs> oh no, no, I can't. Uh, <laughs> no, because I, you would appreciate it more than I would. I'm you, not a bourbon. It's, obvi- it's not... obvious what I like too. So. <laughs> I found this at a strange little estate sale. Oh, I don't even know how to describe it other than. Batman book. Batman book. Batman. It's kind of weird, too, because the hole in the dust cover, yeah. dust jacket, shows his face. And then behind it is an action figure. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. It goes all the way back to, well, the creation of the character. And I believe it goes up through 95. Okay. It might even stop at uh, Clooney Man. I like me some Batman shit. This year, I've been very media purchase heavy. Interesting. Especially the last couple of months. I'll explain why I got these once you open them. Oh, fuck yeah. They're just taped together. Sweet. Are they of the same collection? Yeah, they are. Arrow does kind of like Criterion or Shout Factory. They do their own special editions. And so I decided to get you your... Godfather, Godfather 2 favorite horror movies Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2 fuck yeah the cover art is bad and and if you read it it says that uh, this um, the alternate cover work is on the other side that you can flip it like the original I don't know if it's the original or if it's just different artwork um but I've been I've been kind of film nerding out this past few months. And so... Yeah, it's the original. It's the original... Is uh, that what it is? 87. Okay. And, uh, I believe 88 was Hellraiser 2. I actually... Normally, I go with the original artwork on that, but this new artwork is so... It's unique. It's like graphic but it's, novel. Yeah. It's like sing, like singular. And if you look at like Criterion stuff, sometimes it's a little different. Sometimes it's cool. Sometimes it's weird. Yeah. Those. This is like the year my mom got me Antichrist Superstar for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted it, but I couldn't help but think of the irony. <laughs> I love that you also brought me back my DVD copies of Hellbound and Hellraiser today. Yeah. <laughs> I know those are going to McKay's. And I was, it was funny because was you, you were talking to Bongo going, you better not. <laughs> what did you say? If you eat this, I'll have such sights to show so you. you. Right? <laughs> He's destroyed a couple of DVDs this week. Thanks, man. You're welcome. First, uh, let's do let's do Santa Claus the movie. Okay. Long ago, in a faraway land of ice and snow, the legend was born and the magic became real. I'm an elf. An elf. Yes. For everyone who believes in him and for everyone who wants to, Alexander Salkine presents Dudley Moore, John Lithgow, in the movie with the whole legend, the whole adventure, and the magical wonder of Santa Claus, the movie, Seeing is Believing, an Alexander and Ilya Salkine production, rated PG, starts Wednesday. November 27th, 1985 is when that came out. Today is the 27th of November as we record this. 2021. That movie is 35 fucking years old. 36. Not yeah, six, either way. seven. 37. Seven. It's old. Yeah. I saw this one other time, 36 <laughs> years ago, with the, when it came out. Right. I don't remember... I have no recollection of what made me, other than being a five-year-old and Santa Claus is like, you know, there's your dad, there's like Superman or He-Man, whoever your 
superhero right. is, and there's fucking Santa Claus, and they all hold pretty much equal weight, right? This is a movie about the fucking guy, and he's in it, and it's like, I, you explained to me the other day, like, what, what hooked me visually, it's because it's colored the same way Superman is colored, kind of shiny, but really fucking bright, and it's got the Superman color, so it, it pulled that, I think, into my brain, and it's Santa Claus. And also, I was a five-year-old kid. Also and, produced by the same guy who same produced misguided coke fiends. The eighty, well, the eighties, uh, the late seventies, um, Santa, the Superman movie, Alexander Salkind movie. I could describe this movie in one sound. <laughs> okay, I had super part of Superman wrote Santa Claus. Okay, he, Jeff, follow me. Okay, he lives in the same ice planet world thing as uh, the Superman lives in. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, how do we get him into the eighties? He fucking dies, and his wife fucking dies, and the reindeer, they fucking die, and then Arthur comes and saves them. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur pours a little, a little bourbon. I had, I truly had no memory. Of anything from other than that, John Lithgow was a bad guy in it. That um, shows up like ninety minutes later. Yeah, so he's, it's in trivia. He doesn't show up for uh, until an hour in. It's an hour and forty eight minutes long. Yeah, because I kept going. Fuck! This is how I spent Thanksgiving. I watched this and the Santa Claus in one day. You so, did a double feature. How was for my real? Thanksgiving? Not awesome this year. <laughs> not until you put on Smokey and the Bandit. Not until I had a couple bourbons and put on Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. So I was like five the first time I saw this, and I don't remember, I don't remember loving or hating it. But the fact that I didn't watch it again after that would probably tell you that I didn't like it because I would watch the Snoopy Christmas special right in June, and I would watch that shit on repeat every day. How my mom didn't take that tape and like destroy it surreptitiously, I don't know. I'm sorry that y'all had to watch this. Based, based on the whim of I, one of the I hosts. have a hard I have a hard time thinking that most people are going to watch this before they listen to us talk about it. Cause come on, that'll be funny. Good God, you want me to summarize this movie in two <laughs> please, sentences? Please do. In the beginning was the Big Lebowski. A mild-mannered toy maker who freezes to death in a winter storm and is resurrected by a bunch of creepy elves as Santa Claus. Santa Claus, defender of the naughty and nice list, overseer of terribly boring and poorly constructed wooden toys, and champion of a random homeless kid named Joe. Hey, Joe! <laughs> <laughs> this was like the Cecil B. DeMille's, like, this is like the Santa Claus like the biblical Santa Claus story. I have that written down. So it's like one of those big, not epic, but one of those big set piece numbers from the 40s or 50s. Right. I think somebody described that. It's like a big song and dance movie without song and dance. Right. The set pieces are fucking gorgeous. Like they're. You can see where they spent the money. Sure. Yeah. It was just weird, the whole prophecy thing and Burgess Meredith in the one scene and they're all holding out his beard. Like, was he like, supposed to, like, it just says he's ancient elf. Right. I was like, is he God? Is he the prior Santa? Does he have to make sure the suit fits? Because if he's the prior Santa, it's right. like he's immortal. So if he was immortal, who was Santa Claus before? There was no Santa Claus before. What? I don't. I don't think anybody. It was. Got it. it was strange. The. It was like watching a Santa Claus story of biblical proportions. It was like watching someone tell you a story, like a like a cokehead telling you a story, right? And they're <laughs> but, mixing but, up their. But like, they did. But they they filmed and wrote exactly what the cokehead is telling. Right. You. <laughs> 
Um, I only say coke because right. it was the mid-80s. It would be fucking meth now. Yeah. But. So the elves had to wait for Claus, his wife, and the reindeer to die in a winter storm before bringing them to the North Pole. What were they doing before? They're clearly making toys. Sitting, ar- sitting around waiting for Claus to show up Jesus. so he could die. That's- Second question, was Claus brought to the North Pole as an indentured servant? <laughs> A courier, if you will, forced to deliver all of the elves' toys every Christmas, where he can never leave but once a year. It seems a little odd. I have, I have something similar in my notes. You're he never walks going in, to leave. You're he, going to live forever. He walks in and he's like, <laughs> "What are we doing here? What do you mean, sir? You've always been here. Yeah. <laughs> We've always been here. Have another drink, sir. Like." I was not. I, ex- the, I was the, not expecting the thirty to forty minute origin story. Either. That sure is fucking long, isn't it? Jesus God, man! And you, it was like, if you thought the Superman origin story was long, this one felt three times as long, and it was probably a little bit shorter. Maybe it's because I like Superman more. I don't know, but you know what I mean. And like, and like, and right in the middle of that. 40 i clocked it it's about 40 minutes you texted me 30 minutes yeah and it kept going i yeah i another, realized it wasn't done yet it's another is another 10 minutes of fucking santa claus origin it's 40 yeah you're right like right at the beginning of it i think it's important to note that santa claus mrs claus and donner and blitzen fucking die yeah from exposure they just like this was clearly geared for kids I don't remember. I don't remember that trauma. So perhaps I've just tucked it away. And then isn't there some? There's, and there's like a, a horrible like motivational speaker that Santa Claus is to like. On the other side of that forest are children and fire and food. Here is imminent death. You lying liar who tells lies. <laughs> Emotionally greedy bastard. He has to go have these fucking other people hum his nuts for being a good gift giving guy. I also kind of felt bad Fucker. listening to that trailer. I mean, clearly David Huddleston is the centerpiece of this movie and he's in all of it for obvious reasons and they don't even mention his name he's fourth build yeah and it, well the, in the american i think it's in my trivia Let's i don't know but because there ain't a lot of trivia boy but they wanted to make sure you knew the dudley moore and john lithgow were in this movie so i guess lithgow's coming off of footloose sure yeah because it's only like a year later dudley moore's coming off of 10 a bender <laughs> <laughs> jesus man a couple of things. That toy factory looks like fucking chaos. Just elves jumping around. I know they're in this very syncopated, almost like the means of production will move society. Yes. Syncopated. What kid in the mid-80s wants a fucking wooden toy? I'd get the, oh, it's a fucking scooter that I have to scoot myself. Oh, uh, yeah. Fuck here we you. go. I wanted the G.I. Joe aircraft That was the, one of the other notes that I had down here. It said, I feel like patching the elves in general vastly misunderstood their customer base once they entered the late 20th century. I mean, it's kind of funny, the sight gag of the wooden toys breaking and falling apart that Patch crafted. How about the school bus that comes through and just destroys that little scooter? Yeah, that was... (laughs) Stephen Kidd could have written that scene. I know. I says, but did they actually think kids still used wooden toys? Also, where is all of this lumber coming from? (laughs) What forests are they Especially decimating with, every year in order to produce these wooden toys? That's why we see supply chain shortages today, Nathan. They were making wooden toys in the mid-'80s. Uh, I felt it odd, like, the first night that they were there, that when they put them up in wherever the room was, it almost felt like some unintentional comedy with the exchange between Mr. 
Mrs. Claus and Santa Claus. What are you doing, dear? This will only take a minute. He says, I don't want to sleep. This mattress is so comfortable, I don't want to miss a moment of it. And Santa says, this this won't take long. (laughs) I thought the same thing. We were broken human beings, man. (laughs) You're supposed to be an innocent. (laughs) Santa wanted to get some. But then he got out and wanted to walk around the shop instead because, you know, he's Santa. It would have been funny if he had a boner. I gotta go walk this thing off. Gotta go walk this thing off. I gotta move my blood elsewhere in my body. That's why my cheeks aren't rosy. <laughs> Did the animatronics on these reindeer seem a little kind of weird and creepy? I admit. I, Although I'll be honest with you, they were kind of with both movies. They were a little, but this one specifically. This was, one looked more realistic than the Tim Allen. Okay, uh, but because for a second I was like, are those, I, are, those are real reindeer. Wait, no, they're not. Are those? No, it's talking to him. Okay, it's not real. We'll get to a thing in trivia, but. Uh, I was largely sober for this. I did put some like Tennessee whisper cream in my coffee. It's just a little, hmm, a little warmth. So I was just feeling on the back of your throat a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> the way Mrs. Claus was supposed to <laughs> made yourself a hot toddy. And it just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other thing that was really weird is the one scene, the three lines or whatever it is that bridges Meredith. Has. Eight lines. He has eight lines. Eight, is it eight? Okay. It's eight lines. And he comes out, and the first thing that came to mind when you see him, and they're holding his beard out, and all I said was, and Burgess Meredith as Gandalf. <laughs> I see, because I, went, I was just like... I went Pime. <laughs> that would have been another one. Every time I see Burgess Meredith in a thing, especially in this one, they like they make it like a grand entrance of him, like the the fucking sea of elves. They part ways for him, and he they comes part down, the seas, yeah, of all, elves. All slowly, he walks down, and when he gets there, I wanted him to go. <laughs> he didn't. I also wanted him to be smoking a cigarette, or you know, get off rock. <laughs> yeah. That's how I would have seen him. But uh, the movie feels like this should have been made in the 60s or 70s. This was actually, wow, just knocking all my trivia out. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay, man. It's okay. It's weird, but... This it, was actually first bandied about in 1978. So, like, right after Superman. I got this great idea, guys. What if we fucking fetishize Santa Claus the same way we've done? Yeah. Okay, well, here's my other last question. Did they u- reuse footage of flying around New York City? For the sleigh, for the sled flying for Santa Claus, I would say the 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 flying around New York City stock footage and the uh, um, miniature or visual effects of the Arctic wasteland had to to be left over. I was waiting for either Joe or Santa when they're flying around at night in New York City, and one of them go, "Can you read my mind?" I fully. I was gonna go. I was gonna go Fortress of Solitude joke and be like, they just bump into Superman coming ass backwards out of the house with like a bag of stuff, like he's going to Lois's for Christmas. Oh, hey Santa. Hey Superman. Have a good day. Whoosh. Not my magic wand. I'm really fucking proud of my magic wand recast, by the way, because <laughs> I had to do some. Oh. I did some Urban Dictionary searching for stuff. We'll get there. Um. Okay. So <laughs> you were five when you saw this Correct. for the first time, and I had the book. I had the. I was uh, 46. I had the. <laughs> I had the equal parts. Uh, um, I had the storybook companion uh-huh. to this that was equally really. Yeah, okay. I think well, I got I mean, it for Christmas that year. I, when I was looking for tra- for the TV spots, I found Kodak, McDonald's, and I think Coca Cola commercials all advertising the Santa Claus of the movie. I didn't catch the Kodak, but I definitely caught the 
protracted, which is my favorite scene, by the way, the protracted fucking eating scene of McDonald's and everybody's homeless smiling. kid yeah, the, outside the, homeless the window longing for pink slime. How many years pass in the it's like, if it's like two, two or three. Of, it's at least two. Joe, the little girl from boy, they don't grow up at all. Do they? That was a fucking goof in the plot uh, <laughs> that I read. Joe and the girl from Goonies, right? No, she's not from Goonies. What else was she in? She was only in eight roles, and Goonies wasn't one of them. I, she had a face that looked very familiar. Yeah, I recognize her from. But something. it was not. She was not from Goonies. Um, okay. Can you pick one thing that doesn't work for you? <laughs> I have four, but I can easily go quickly. Nah, go go for go for four. Okay. Well, the first one we've already touched on a bit. It says for starters, is about forty-five minutes too long in a movie whose narrative is all over the place. John Lithgow. Playing the evil, maniacal Wall Street tycoon who is constantly pleasuring his cigars just doesn't resonate. It's so over the top. I actually like it's Lithgow annoying. in it. He's, he if makes you, it, if you wanted to go for his the, over the top, then I get it. He's the only thing that's fun in the movie. He's the only thing that's fucking consistent, and he's the only thing that's fun. It's a broadly drawn villain that he's embarrassed to have played. But it, yeah. I actually, to the contrary, okay. I find him... because. We all can see what he's doing, right? Yeah, for for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I get it. Um, he's a Batman villain. What also doesn't work? Dudley Moore. I can't believe that. People, Not after this picture. Huh? I can't believe people actually ever found him funny in any way. I just, other than his what puns for using the word elf in in in. Sure, that heard, was it. You ever heard Derek and Clive? It's a audio. It's a album that he and Peter Cook did in the sixties or seventies. Quite filthy. It's pretty funny. Number and then the last one is: uh, Did you ever notice that there are absolutely no female elves whatsoever? That's why, there's, that's why all, there's only a finite amount of elves, dude. There's life uh, finds a way. Finds a way to reproduce elves. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to get Newman to like Santa Claus. The scene is Santa Claus trying to put his seatbelt on, and he just ties it in a knot, right? <laughs> What doesn't work for me is that it's mainly a kid's movie, and there's no fucking way a kid could follow it. Yeah. But it's so disjointed that I think kids don't really pay attention to storylines anyway. So I think it's just like, whoa, bright thing. Yeah, Santa Claus taking the fucking rig out for a rescue mission in March. Yeah, cool. Did you pick that up? They go to rescue Joe. It's like March. Yeah. Dumb. Because they're doing for Christmas, too. Correct. Um, it's the sequel. They should have called it Christmas also. Um, Still Christmas. <laughs> I think, yeah, the main the main thing that doesn't work is it was a movie made for kids in the mid-80s, and I'm a 41-year-old man in the uh, year 2021. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know that parents... I mean, you know how they say, like, whenever you, whenever you interact with someone that's relatively our age... Yep. And they're like, oh, have you seen... XYZ, and you're like, yeah, no, it's a kid's movie. And they'll always say, yeah, but there's jokes in it for the adults, too. Yeah, they put that in there so you don't want to blow your head off for the entire hour and a half. When you're there with a kid. I don't have to watch the new Addams Family animated series because I don't have children. I can watch the regular Addams Family movies and only be entertained. Um, I do think the set pieces are fucking rad. Yeah. Um, It almost felt like everything was a set other than the few things where it looked like they actually shot it in New York. But then, all, once they land on was, a uh, on a rooftop or they land on the top of a building, then it was a set again. It was all at Pinewood too. Yeah, um, it'd be interesting to talk to a friend of the show, Jeff Cullum, because evidently this movie, while it bombed here, <clears throat> is fucking huge in the U- not huge in the UK, but bigger in the UK. Um, 
Lithgow has said, um, I think you referred it to as the biggest, tackiest thing he's ever done. But nine times out of ten, if he's in the UK, someone sees him. That's what they mention as Santa Claus the movie. Really? Yeah, because yeah. it was a, it was a, a U.S. UK like joint abomination onto <laughs> a joint film. abomination. <laughs> Something actually, I, I I put here that I don't have a favorite favorite liner scene. I have none. I have But none. I did laugh out loud at the end when the Patchmobile exploded <laughs> and. He- and Joe just fall the fuck out of the sky. The loop de loop to catch him. The super was... the super duper looper. Super duper looper. You know what they say about a super duper looper in the first act? What? It has to come up by the third act. Yeah, apparently. Um was it in the first act? I think it might have been like the second mid second act, but come on. My, it's all over the place anyway. My favorite line or favorite scene was we we touched on it before. I actually wrote it down. Uh, it says, over there is food and warmth and a bed and straw and hay and everything a smart team of reindeer would like. Here is where you freeze to death. I said, I'm not sure how great a motivational speaker Santa Claus is these days, <laughs> but that's kind of harsh considering his reindeer were doing all the work by pulling his fat ass on the sled <laughs> in a harsh winter storm. And he was advised against going there. And he had to bring fucking Yoko with him, too. Right. <clears throat> and then later when he gets exponentially more reindeer to help pull. His motivation is, come on, boys, come on now, come on, go. That's it. He's like the most generic. We got to save Joe. The most generic football coach ever. You know, um, I believe Santa Claus, or at least this movie's version of Santa Claus, and Willy Wonka have both gone to the same business school of, like, find an indigenous people and then force them to work for you in a factory where they live and exist only to make product. It kind of yeah, but, is then, re- but, in, but it's a bit he, in reverse. But, but I see where then, you're getting. But then he becomes the godhead because they have to have this political runoff. They made to, him, sure. But then they have to have this political runoff to find out who's going to be his assistant. And Mister Old School with his, you know, Let's I made tried a, and true. I made a pallet of toys today. Whereas Dudley Patch Moore, is like, I want to make things like the Japanese. <laughs> exactly. He wins Faster. out. He wins out originally. So Santa Claus, I think they've, they've argued here, he is a capitalist. However, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Means of the people. Patch did not make those toys like the Japanese because Japanese quality was always good. Still is. He just wanted to make it fast. Yep. <laughs> do you want it good or do you want it fast? Oh, I want it fast. Yes. Oh. It's Christmas time. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's get a move if on. If you don't buy little Johnny the wooden blue scooter, he won't love you. Um. Okay, so... My magic wand was I really wanted to see Santa Claus just lose his shit at least once <laughs> at the elves while up in the North Pole, like, like David Huddleston does <coughs> when playing the Big Lebowski. All right, fuck it. Oh, fuck it. Yes, that's your answer. That's your answer to everything. Tattoo it on your forehead. Your revolution is over, Mr. Lebowski. Condolences. The bomb's lost. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job, sir. The bombs will always lose. Do you hear me, Lebowski? The b- <laughs> <laughs> you hear me, Patch? Can you imagine if that's like, <clears throat> all right, Nathan, go sit on Santa's lap. Tell him what you want for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he. so he was a great grandfather on the Wonder Years. He played Kevin and uh, Wayne's grandpa. Uh, and he came by, I don't know, in the, like probably started in the third season, maybe the second. Right. He'd come by like once a season. Maybe do a two-parter here or there, and he would like always for a Christmas episode. Maybe um, I don't remember doing a Christmas episode. That would have been fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, but he would always, by the end of the episode, lose his shit on Kevin and Wayne because they were, you know, kids fighting. Yeah, um, so I love it when David Huddleston loses his shit. <laughs> Rest well, sir. He died in like 2016. 
I did recast and then a little a little tweak, if you'll allow me. Full on recast from the top down. Santa Claus, the movie, starring Danny Trejo as Santa Claus. <laughs> and his eight tiny reindeer. Angel Dust, Street Corn, Speedball, Yayo, Boxcar, Benny, Jet, and Hydro. <laughs> My favorite's Yayo. <laughs> <laughs> In theaters this April 20th. Who plays his elf, Cheech Marin? <laughs> Patch. Patch is Cheech Marin. <laughs> I didn't get there. I just or Cheech Marin is Patch. I said that backwards. That's funny. <laughs> we got reindeer pussy, elf pussy. <laughs> That is not a Spanish person. That is not a Latino impression. That is an impression. That is an impression of Cheech Marin. Okay, so don't get mad at me. That's how he sounds. Uh, Robert Rodriguez's Santa Claus the movie. That'd be fucking great. Oh, God bless us, everyone. Can you read them off once more, please? Sure. With Danny Trejo as Santa Claus and his eight tiny reindeer, Angel Dust. Street Corn, Speedball, Yayo, Boxcar, Benny, Jet, and Hydro. Robert Rodriguez's Santa Claus the Movie. Anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I guess, yeah, that brings me to trivia. Yeah. Um, what didn't I already spoil? Um, in the American trailers, Dudley Moore gets top billing. Uh, Santa Claus, David Huddleston, gets third. You said American trailers. Correct. In, okay. In British trailers, the guy that plays the title fucking character gets top billing. Oh. Again, it's a bigger movie in Britain for some reason. Um, John Lithgow doesn't show up until after an hour in. I'm going to save this one for last because this is, other than Robert Rodriguez, this would have made it the best fucking movie ever. Um, did you catch that scene when Patch first turns up in America and he's looking at the TV commercial? There's yeah. A, there's an A-team van behind him. Yes, I did see the A-team yeah, van. That was just there. I backed it up to confirm what yeah, I saw, and I almost just, sent you a text message to go, did you see the A-team van? And then I forgot. That was just fucking there. It wasn't there on purpose. Really? <laughs> yeah. According to Because you can't see the whole van, but you can tell. He's standing there, correct. and you see the front, and then you know that there's that red line that goes up, and then it hits the back end. Yeah. According to what I read on the internet, and we know that's 100% true. Right. It wasn't intentional. It was just there. There. Um, Burgess Meredith has one scene. Correct. Total of eight lines. <laughs> he gets fourth billing. Um, originally, the first choice to direct was a man who wanted Final Cut. He wanted Brian Dennehy to play Santa Claus. That's not a bad choice. It's not crazy. Not no, no, no. He was no. popular. He also wanted to do the score. Does that give you any? No. What? John Carpenter's Santa Claus, the movie. That would have been fucking rad. I want a one-time viewing of what he would have done with that. That would have been so fucking cool. Man. That would have been really What would weird. that score have sounded like? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I... What? Why don't we give Is that John... you do a YouTube search and go, <laughs> if John Carpenter wrote someone, Christmas music. Someone surely has done it. Yeah. It's eight bits. Eight bits to glory, you know? I mean, I don't mean to rush out of this, but uh, no, I'm at the end. I, I have I do, final thoughts. I do. I do find it odd that to go rescue Joe in March, Santa Claus has to put on the full-on Christmas get-up again. Yeah, and he's also two reindeer down because they got the flu. COVID eighty-five. <laughs> I mean, it's still March in New York City, so it's going to be fucking cold. But but still, um, yeah. What are your final thoughts? Does this still hold up? Uh, does it still hold up? 
I can't answer that one, number one, because I saw it four days ago, five days ago. <laughs> um, I feel that this movie, number one, is missing some heart and humor. There's no humor in this movie. Lithgow was the only thing funny. Right. And and just because how deliciously like evil. Right. Um, it's missing the part where these types of movies are supposed to be fun. Or uplifting. Right. They're, they're or one, uplifting. They're right. one or the other. They're heartwarming, uplifting, or funny. Or the kids end up in the North Pole in March and they're just going to leave them there for the year. And now they have to do school. <laughs> Sorry. We're closed until spring. Moose out front should have told you. Yeah. This ferry doesn't run for very long. <laughs> um, it's missing conflict as Santa Claus doesn't have one scene with BZ at all. No, they should have fought it out, man. That would have been the best. Um, so whatever his nefarious plans were, they just don't seem to completely make a whole lot of sense. Also, you're a evil, maniacal toy maker. But even you fill a teddy bear with, like, sand and glass and nails and, nails and shit? <laughs> really? I did laugh at that. I mean, I there get, a, like, how evil can be. Well, you know, he's so fucking evil, his teddy bears are filled with nails I don't and think glass. That makes him, I don't think that makes him evil. I think that makes him cheap. Maybe? Yeah. He, um, okay. I don't, that's um, how I took it. And I, I, there's a couple of spots at things like that where I, was, I legit went, like, <laughs> Right. And like, really? It. Okay. Um, and then I just... Uh, my last thought was this is just a poorly envisioned Santa Claus origin story that feels too Cecil B. DeMille. I don't remember this ever holding up. It's like I said earlier, when I was a kid and even as an adult, if I like something, I will watch it on repeat. And I don't – I've only seen this once. I didn't ask for it. I didn't ask for this movie, Nathan. This movie was given to me. Um, <laughs> we gave it to ourselves. Yeah. Boy, we don't I, like ourselves, I, do we? I watched it when I was five. I haven't seen it since. Watched it when I'm, you're 41. I am effectively what I think you could call middle age, and I'm probably going to reach the end of my life. And unless somebody forces me to watch it, I'm probably never going to watch it again. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. um, I think for a kid, the story is fucking confusing because as an adult, the story is fucking confusing. It gets This movie gets long-winded, or this movie is long-winded. It doesn't, like we said earlier, it doesn't hit on one of the three things that you need to do when you're a holiday movie. So it doesn't even doesn't even think about deciding what kind of holiday movie it wants to be. Take a sidebar for a minute. You talked about the car chase in Saw being the worst car chase ever. <laughs> Santa Claus with the eight tiny reindeer minus two in full Christmas regalia chasing down Dudley Moore's Elfass in the souped up 80s-ified Patchmobile. That's a fucking car chase. And then it blows up. And I, I'm not kidding. I legitimately fucking laughed. Because <laughs> right. it just goes, it just fucking falls into a million pieces. And then he just goes, ah, and they fall out of the sky. Sweet fuck, though, the 80s loved orphans. They sure did, didn't they? Destitute fucking street urchin kids that befriend somehow kindly rich people. They don't ever just take them into the fold. It's either... Here's a hot turkey sandwich. Okay, now going back to begging change for street corn. What parts of the the last um, hundred years loved orphans? It was either... um, Dickens? Like Dickens, you get to like um, the Depression era, Mm -hmm. and then 80s. (laughs) Now we just don't. We don't like to think about them. Now they don't exist. They don't exist anymore. We just we just don't believe in them. Um, I honestly, <clears throat> for me, Lithgow is also who say, has a, who has a step uncle. Yeah, that's weird. Or yeah, her, that was weird. How about stepdad? Well, her parents were dead. We're assuming her parents are dead. She doesn't have family. But then you have a weird 
evil. That's two orphans then. Joe deaf, and um, a deaf Cornelia. uncle. A dead. What is a he? Step, Rick Rubin. <laughs> deaf Uncle Records. Right. Oh shit! Nathan and I have just announced we're going to be launching our new music label, Deaf Uncle Records. <laughs> I honestly, I don't want to say Lithgow was the best part of it because I don't. I mean, I guess he is. He's the best and he's the worst at the same time, I, depending I on how you look at it. I don't but think yes. he's that bad. I mean, he's no. a, he's a cartoonish. He's villain. over he, the top. Um, <laughs> I think, like we said, the fact that it made half of its money back on this, like you said, Cecil B. DeMille type. I don't want to say epic, but yeah, kinda. production piece says a lot. Um, this is a long movie that ran a hundred and forty-eight minutes. Yeah, because I kept getting up to refill my coffee with whiskey in it. An hour and forty-eight minutes. And I go, it was a hundred and eight minutes. <laughs> and I was go, oh, yeah. there's another ten minutes. Sweet. And I finally, I came back with, with less than ten minutes left, and I went, fuck yes, it's a Thanksgiving miracle. It's almost over. <laughs> Normally, these misfire, fucking eighties mistakes are the kind of shit that I love to watch. And this is not. One I didn't. Of them. I don't think I came back to it soon enough for this to be one of those weird shits that I like to watch because this movie, I. I Never held up, never will. Those are my final thoughts. Hey, who's up for the Santa Claus? Uh? Hey, you! This Christmas, uh, uh, uh. Scott Calvin's getting into the spirit the only way he can. Kill him! By accident. Hang on, because the greatest holiday adventure of all is here. You're the new Santa. What? You put on the suit, you're the big guy. Ah! You put on a little weight. Does this look like a little weight to you? Walt Disney Pictures presents Tim Allen. If we go straight on this road and we hit I-94... The Santa Claus. Rated PG. Starts Friday, November 11th at a theater near you. Two things. <clears throat> it's occurred to me that we did not say what beer we're drinking today. Well, it's a Gansett. It's a narrow neighbor. Gansett. Hey, neighbor. Have a Gansett. Narragansett, <laughs> Okay. And secondly, uh, if you didn't catch it at the end of the trailer there, the Santa Claus came out on my birthday, a Friday. Uh, so it would appear that my 14th birthday was, as the kids say, lit AF. Not was that, it? Not that I saw this on my birthday. I'm sure I ate way too much food from pizza. I thought you were about to say mushrooms. <laughs> You're like, no, I didn't, start, I, didn't start, I didn't start tripping mushrooms until I was uh, 15. Joke didn't land like I wanted it to, so... Uh, <laughs> that may come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Christmas. Um, I was like everybody else in middle America. Um, I loved Tim Allen. And seeing as this came out on my 14th birthday, I definitely saw this that holiday season in the theater. Actually, I, I remember thinking it was kind of an original idea. It was. I'm... Um, but again, let's let's not go back to the fact that in this movie, Santa Claus fucking dies. Oh, that was like one of the first notes that I put down on here. Um, Charlie seems hardly bothered by the fact that Santa has fallen off the roof you and is him. now dead. And then he disappears. So you were 14 when you saw this. Correct. I saw, I, it, I saw it fresh in the theater. <sighs> saw it at the Ritz Theater in Portland, Indiana. I did not see it. I don't think I saw this in theater. I was just out of high school. I'm pretty sure I had no desire to see this when it first released in '94. Although really? Tim Allen was huge, he was huge. He well at this at this time at that the, the, he was only he had the number one TV show, three years the number in. one book, and the number one movie, all on one like at one time. And now people wouldn't pay three dollars to watch him jump off the Woolworth building right. into a damp rag. Um, <laughs> I stole that joke from Singing in the Rain. I thought it was funny. The Woolworths. I remember liking this movie. How old were you the first time you saw it? Uh, 20, 19. So kind of out of date then. Yeah. <clears throat> I thought the idea was 
was a it was creative. It yeah. was a unique spin on the whole Santa Claus thing. Yeah, I, I gave I gave it that much. Um, I didn't dislike it. It's just this movie wasn't made for my age bracket. I was a probably. <laughs> This is one of those, like we said in the last half, this has jokes for kids. Not as many. No. This is more jokes for like mid-teens and like adults. Yeah, it's for the it's for the group of people that weekly watched Home Improvement. Yeah, that, that's you're dead on there. And oh, yeah. Like, hey, Timmy, you like you like Tim the Toolman Taylor, right? Well, he's yeah. going to play Santa Claus this time. Let's go watch that. And then for kids, it was probably like right. their, their fun guy was a little more of a dick. My first note was, have you ever cooked something in the oven that actually caught on fire? Not twice in the oven. Not on. Not on the like the stove top. Not twice. Uh, never cheese. For it me. was cheese. I caught some cheese on fire once. Okay. I've definitely come home from work and Jamie's been working late and fired up a skillet of olive oil to warm up. Right. And then got engrossed in whatever I was watching and like I was like, why is the kitchen dark? And there was black smoke. Well, in the that's kitchen. on the stove top. I'm talking <clears throat> about in the oven. Oh, I've definitely burnt cheese in the oven too. Okay. I I'm not limiting. Myself I totally. To okay. Kitchen You're right. It's both. Jesus Christ. <laughs> It's the whole range. I've burned everything on the range. <laughs> Look, as much as I hate uh, when places make their employees work on a holiday, I would fuck up a Denny's on Christmas Eve <laughs> or Christmas Day. Now, the other thing I would do had I done that, right? at the very least, I would tip the server whatever my meal costs. So if right. it was 25 bucks, she's getting 25 bucks. Yeah. Or I would, hey, do you want to have, can I buy you dinner? Whatever. It's one of my best holiday memories is going to see a friend. Out of town, and uh, well, it was, it was my friend Travis. We went to the Oregon coast, and um, we were coming back, and there was this restaurant right on the coast. Like the the dining room went like down to the wasn't a fancy place, just right. how our architecture yeah. is. Go like, go down to the coast, and you could like sit there like near the beach, and like sun was out there. It was fucking gorgeous. And he and I walked in, and we sat there for like, well, for he and I were both socially awkward. Felt like about seven years. Probably more like three or four minutes, and servers walked by and they didn't pay attention to us. And eventually, one of us was like, "Hey, hi!" Like, oh, hey, hey! To seem confused, what what can we do for you? And we were like, "Can we get some menus?" And she goes, "Well, there's no menus today. It's a buffet." Oh, okay. Well, can I get like a glass of water and a tea? She was like, "Ah, oh, who are you with?" I was like, "With ourselves, darling." Like, <laughs> I don't understand your. This is a restaurant, right? It was closed for a private event. Like we had just wedding crashered our way into somebody's Thanksgiving. Without realizing that yeah. they were closed. So then we had nowhere to eat dinner, and it was fucking like afternoon. Uh, so we just drove back from the coast, back to uh, Portland, and we found this like Twin Peaks ass style fucking restaurant in this little fucking phantasm sized town in the middle of Oregon and just had fucking frozen fish sticks and like French fries and like diner iced. It was the best, dude. That's funny. Uh, it was so good. Well, that's a good awkward like. Hey, guess what? You ain't eating here either. Yeah, fuck face. Who are you with? So I um the uh, and and another memory is when Jamie and I our first Christmas between selling our last house before buying we bought this house but we hadn't foreclosed uh, foreclosed we hadn't closed on it yet. We're still, closed or foreclosed? We were, we were still it. living with her sister, but we wanted to like smash parts for Christmas, so we got a hotel room. I don't get it. We want to have sex. <laughs> oh. <for Christmas>. Um, <laughs> And we fucking went and had Shoney's for Christmas dinner. And there was this family. They're clearly doing the same thing, but their family dinner was at Shoney's. And these two dudes, they went out 
As we were leaving, we watched him get up and leave, and they went out to the trunk of this dude's car. Did they want to smash Bart's too? Opened the tr- no, they smashed a fucking bottle of uh, Captain Morgan or something because they both upended a, cap- a bottle of Captain and went back in. It's great. So all that to say, I fucking love the idea of having Christmas dinner at a restaurant. I fucking hate that you're having to make someone else work on Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever. Right. I honestly felt that it would have been more believable if he had just taken his son to Denny's rather than assuming that he's going to attempt to make that holiday meal. There's like there's there that's one of I think two maybe three instances in this show where they were like, "Okay, do a Tim Taylor thing. Do a tool time thing." <laughs> yeah. yeah. The li- but and he played it the most watered down version that he could. He just right. set some shit on fire and that was it. He didn't rewire it. He didn't uh, rah, 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 the thing. He just burnt a turkey twice. True. The other thing is uh, he does sneak one of those. He sneaks one of them in. Does he? Yep. Where is it? Do you remember? I cannot remember. I He's, do know that he found a tool belt somewhere in Santa's workshop or, or oh, whatever yeah. that he almost puts on. That's Okay, so that's three of four. And then the fourth one would be like, hey, if we go straight down this, do we hit I-94? Yeah, the guy that was driving the truck was a regular on the show, I believe, as was well. Was he really? I think so. Huh. Didn't pick that up. I didn't pull all that in the trivia, but I do know that he was a semi-regular on... Believe it or not, I don't watch Home Improvement reruns because yeah, they, they don't hold up well. No. Um, the- so, yeah, you've just pointed out a fourth one. So there's like four little instances of yeah. like, hey, do a little bit of your shtick, but not a, not a, you're not... Tim the Tool Man Taylor here. Scott Crawford. Calvin. Calvin. Scott Calvin. S-C. <laughs> Get it? Um, so my only other initial observation when watching this, because my notes weren't super long on anything that just stuck out while I was watching, was, so what is worse? Santa's village filled with either all male elves that are all adults or elves that are all children who appear to be working at a sweatshop at the North Pole for low wages. That's the most nineties-ified. <coughs> that's the most nineties-ified like Santa's workshop too, with all the like Star Trekky molded plastic, opaque glass doors. Yeah, and then the one elf who's clearly a child, and he's like, "You look pretty good for your age." Like, whoa. Okay, hold on. I'm actually 1,200 years that's old. That's actually... I'm seeing I'll be honest with you. That's my favorite line from the movie. Oh, it's really? because it was, he was just making a compliment. It wasn't a hitting on, but... I, I get it. I brought you some hot cocoa. No, thanks. My own recipe took me 1,200 years to get it right. 1,200 years? That's right. You know, I must say, you look pretty good for your age. Thanks, but I'm seeing someone rapping. Yeah. <laughs> I found that part of the, that humor funny because he wasn't doing anything other than this elf is super old. Sure, sure. And still looks like a child of, uh, yeah. his, of his I have a two-sentence summary movie. for you if you're ready. Oh, yeah. It's not that funny. Oh. <laughs> uh, sorry to spoil it. Disney and Tim Allen team up to make the most absentee father ever. It's kind of funny. <laughs> it is kind of funny. I chuckled a few uh, times. There were there were more laughs in this one than this Santa Claus the movie. This is a uh, way more cohesive story. Yeah. By leaps and bounds. Um, Heaps, as the Aussies say. Heaps more cohesive. Well. <sighs> what doesn't work for you? I have three things. Number one, the CGI of the sled and reindeer flying around has not aged well. 
blurry. Yeah. Uh, number two, while the story is supposed to have Charlie throughout, so you're seeing things as he sees them, I find Charlie a bit annoying. Oh, I fucking hate the kid. Yeah. There's a couple of scenes where he's fine, but he's just annoying. And number three is the most obvious, and I don't know if you caught it or not or thought about it or not, but Bernard, the head elf, who appears to be a Jew. <laughs> Never picked up on that. Yeah. Kind of weird. I picked up on the attitude because I, lo- I love I that actor. Up, yeah. He's great. Right. Um, but. Definitely usually plays a Jew. Right. Because he's, he's a, a Jew. Jew. <laughs> uh, not that you have to be a Jew to play a Jew, but not that all Jews play Jews, but that's great. He also gets real bitchy uh, the first time you see him. Yeah. You want a coffee break? We don't drink coffee. So breaks over. Oh, so breaks over, isn't it? Um, really, what doesn't work for me? I, Hanukkah, the movie. It's it's going to be dated in the '90s because it's when it when it happens. So Tim for, me, for me, it's really just the 90s, visual. It's yeah. the visual effects that yeah. don't. That, no, they don't. I mean, the way the '80s loved an orphan, the '90s loved shitty single dads. Yeah, you've got Robin Hood and um, Pan. I'm sorry, Hook. Yeah. Um, Tim Allen in this, Schwarzenegger in Jingle All the Way, uh, Jim Carrey in Liar Liar. Yeah, it's just dads that not up to snuff. Yeah, the, the '90s loved shitty single dads, and yeah. they loved not that they don't deserve to get kicked. And they in love the ribs. shitting on shitty single dads, regardless of whether or not they were shitty. Sure, that's what I'm saying. Not that they don't deserve to be kicked in the ribs because they're right. shitty dads, but uh, you know, just it it's was a, it, it was a trope. It's a trope. Shitty single dads. That was a sitcom, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Only eight episodes. It didn't. It was like, it was like a half. They season just run. they just stopped showing up to work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they went out for smokes and never came back. <laughs> I'm going out for smokes and milk. I'll be right back. <laughs> which actually is akin to my favorite line or scene, which is. What was the last thing you and Charlie did before you went to bed Christmas Eve? We shared a bowl of sugar, some shots of brown liquor, played my shotguns, field dressed a cat, looked for women. I mean that's full on Tim Allen like stand up kind of, like it's kind yeah. of that's kind of dark you know I almost chose that as mine instead of the exchange with Judy the over twelve hundred year old elf <laughs> you're over twelve hundred aren't you right <laughs> yeah how old are you twelve hundred at least I'm gonna jump into trivia be- unless no that's great actually let me grab another beer what's uh, what's your trivia <laughs> you don't sound so happy about it no I'm just. Uh, Tim Allen has a criminal record, and Disney has a no hiring of a policy of ex-cons. Was he a, like a? Did he do? Like, they made an exception because in this of case. extra amount do of you, money he's going to. Do make? you know why Allen has a criminal record? Hey, he was a drug smuggler in October. Oh, excuse me. On October second of nineteen seventy-eight, Allen was arrested in Kalamazoo Battle Creek International Airport for possession of six hundred and fifty grams of cocaine. That's just shy of two pounds of coke. He pled guilty to felony drug trafficking charges and provided the names of the other dealers in exchange for a sentence reduction. How did he not get fucking killed? Yeah. I didn't know. He sir, he, w- he was sentenced to three to seven years rather than uh, life imprisonment and got out in two years and four months. He got out in 1980. Yeah, 80 or 81, something like that. Wow. Uh, I knew yeah. he was I, – I, for some reason I had it was weed in my head, but I thought it might have been coke. But yeah, wow. yo. <laughs> fucking – yeah, yeah, yo. Yeah, yo. What a fucking rat, dude. Uh, well, 
Oh yeah, that's that, that's that's his problem. Is he ratted out people? I mean, you're you're going to tell me that if you decided that you were going to attempt to smuggle this much cocaine, that how you... many times have you seen Goodfellas? <laughs> what do you do? What do you not do? You never rat. You never rat on your friends. He's not a good fella. <laughs> He's not even an okay fella. He fucking ratted on eight people. My my thing above being he, a fucking... it. he didn't rat on eight people. He just said that he had uh, <laughs> he okay, exchanged so he, names. Sure. Okay. He named names. So <laughs> outside of that, okay, fine. He's a rat. You give you forgive that. You don't. Whatever. Then he goes on to try to be famous. How has he not gotten fucking a hit put on him? Uh, because they're all, all, all also in prison still. I mean, I don't know what you know about drugs, Nathan, but typically. <laughs> Cocaine doesn't naturally grow in the Kalamazoo, Battle Creek, Michigan area. It may have just been for dealers in his area. It comes, it comes from places in the, you know, the subtropic or the tropics. Those guys typically don't like to have their supply lines cut. Uh, yeah. Well, but he was all the way up in Michigan when it happened. So, when Charlie and the new Santa returned to the new Santa, I love how I actually says that. When Charlie and his father, now the new Santa, returned to the North Pole. Uh, for new Chris for the new Christmas, Bernard introduces the tech savvy elf Quentin, who proceeds to tell Santa about the gadgets the sleigh now has. This is a nod to the James Bond series and the character Q. Didn't even pick up on that, Jesus. Who is the technology master for James Bond's vehicles? Disney clipped one scene from this movie. I have that clip. Here's Neil's mom's number in case. One eight hundred spank me. I know that number. Uh, and a merry Christmas to you too. In the United States, the exchange was removed from all home media releases of the film, except for the VHS and Laserdisc releases and most digital downloads, starting with the ninety-nine DVD release. After a nineteen ninety-six incident in which a child in Steliacum, Washington, called. 1-800-SPANK-ME, which turned out to be an actual working sex line number <laughs> and incurred a $400 telephone bill. How old was the kid? Uh, that does not state, but <laughs> apparently the parents complained to Disney, and so they proceeded to just remove it completely. There, There's an altered scene when you watch it on television where they just call it like 1-800-POUND or something stupid like that. 1-800-POUND-ME? No, just pound. I'll bet because I'll bet that one existed too. <laughs> uh, it was not long enough. One eight hundred pound or whatever. Either way, the only the TV broadcast versions show this. Disney and anything that you were to find now, that's just they've removed that entire exchange. Casting. There were two big names specifically that were offered the role before Tim Allen. Uh, let's see, nineteen ninety four, ninety three, ninety four. Michael J. Fox. Nope. I'll give you one more guess, and then I'll tell you the two big names. Uh, Harrison Ford. Nope. Um, Bill Murray. Ew. And Chevy Chase. Also, ew. Uh, they were both offered the role of Scott Calvin, but both turned it down. Murray was not interested in making another Christmas-themed movie after doing Scrooge. Sure. And Chase declined the offer due to scheduling conflicts. What was he doing in 1994 that he was so goddamn busy with? I don't know. The but Chevy apparent- Chase show, which was on for, what, three minutes? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Tom Selleck, Robin Williams, Tom Hanks, and Mel Gibson were also considered for this role. They're Tom all Hanks, big, big Tom names. Hanks, Robin Williams, Mel Gibson, and? Um, Tom, Selleck. Tom Selleck. And then um, Judd 
Nel, not Judd Nelson. That's not right. Judge Reinhold. Judge Reinhold. <laughs> Judd and Judge are totally different names too. Um, there were a few other actors that specifically were considered for the role of Neil, the stepdad, basically. Uh-huh. Jeff Daniels. Could see that. Stanley Tucci. Uh, and Bradley Whitford. Uh, Brad Whitford can play a nice yeah. guy. Well, he's a nice guy, but he's also a bit of a worm. Worm, yeah. That was the most interesting of trivia for this movie outside of if you paid attention, not that you would care, but between the first Christmas and the second Christmas, anytime they're around kids, there is at least one child that has elf ears that they're just keeping an eye on things. Huh. Um, and specifically when the bring your dad to work day and talk about work uh-huh. and when he says – that my dad is Santa Claus and all the kids laugh. There's one kid that does not laugh. That kid has pointed ears. Fucking Vulcans. <laughs> Those were the interesting pieces of trivia. That's actually not bad. What, no, not bad. If you had a magic wand or you could recast this, what would you do? Uh, Santa lost my magic wand. I left this blank. I really – I didn't want to half-ass it. Okay. It so took, it I took couldn't, me a minute. I couldn't I, do it. I did with this movie. I actually, in, I don't want to say I enjoyed this movie. I did end up for protracted periods of time just watching it. Right. Um, yeah. Because it was so much better than, than Santa, Santa Claus, Claus the, the movie. movie. Um, and by better, I just mean the it story. It was a story. It was, you could follow it. it was and a, it was kind of funny in, cohesive, in moments. Right. Yeah. Um, I didn't pick back up until close to the mid, late third act, <clears throat> which is where I finished up with my magic wand recast or uh, still hold up final thoughts and from magic wand recast i went make it a full-on fucking delusional father on a bender he's not santa claus but he thinks he is oh and the kid only likes him because he's i don't know maybe he's santa in the mall or something like that but he kidnaps the kid and then that scene where the detective keeps asking him his name that's like he'll go to the he'll, he's going to he's gone to the trouble of like gaining the weight growing the beard color in his hair and then he kidnaps the kid, and then he gets caught because I don't know. Maybe he trips on a shoelace, or he trips on a fucking wild turkey bottle. <laughs> I don't know. But they take him in and they're questioning him, and they, you know the Saint Nick, the Chris Kringle, the Tobo Gijo, like you said. And they get sick of it, and they work him over real good. And then he comes out, and he's beaten, swollen, bloody, and bruised. The title of my movie: <laughs> Absentee Father Christmas. <laughs> I really just want to see that detective beat him up. Yeah. Not Tim Allen, just the, his character. Um, That's my magic wand. Uh, Come on, do do one. Do, do a recast for a magic wand. Do something, man. I wanted Wilson to show up. <laughs> <laughs> and you could only see half of his face. But the left half. <laughs> well, he all you could see was this usually with Wilson. I, I, yeah. I, oh, you just wanted to. Do I've seen the show. Two fa- I know. I just saying. So you wanted to be like two. We'll make it Batman. We'll make him Two Face. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I didn't. Listen, uh, I, I didn't dislike this movie. I don't like Christmas. I don't like Christmas movies. I'm not a Christmas guy. I didn't hate this movie. Right. I didn't hate this movie either. I've never hated this movie. Never. But no, same. The Santa Claus is a. Is, my, with my final thoughts, I'm like the Santa Claus is a clev, is a clever concept, um, and at times kind of charming and is watchable. Um, but I'm not the intended audience. I'm not eight. And this movie isn't getting rewatched every year for me. I don't know. Maybe I would look at these movies differently if I had children of my own. Maybe. But 
I don't tend to watch a lot of Christmas movies. Same. Anything's a dildo if you're brave enough, right? <laughs> Anything's a Christmas movie if you watch it on Christmas. Is and that's that that's typically is? how Jamie and I get there. Right. Um, we've got a couple movies that we watch that occur at Christmas. Die Hard. Um, yeah. Uh, Army of One. The Chuck Norris. Right. <laughs> vehicle. Vehicle. <laughs> what type of vehicle? Is what can a we do? Chuck Norris has. We real got talent. another hood in there. We got. We got this guy. This kid has talent. We got to get a movie for him. Um, I mean. It, it's boilerplate, like nineties-ified. Yeah, shitty dad, wormy stepdad. The mom isn't really an ice queen, like, no. Like they later made them to be. Um, also, who wants, even at the age of three, an Oscar Mayer weenie whistle? Oh, by the way, I called that as soon as they're having that little moment in the hallway. But who wants that, even at the age of three? I, I don't know. Judge Reinhold's apparently, character. apparently Neil did. Um. <laughs> and honestly, the more the movie went on, they don't lean on the shitty dad thing too much, which is good. They more lean on they more lean on the they really don't want this kid to be around his dad because he's turning like literally turning into Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, kinda. Yeah, I don't know. It just it's it's C plus tropey. It doesn't like really pound the shitty dad. No. It doesn't really pound the whiny kid. I don't, I, I, like I said, I don't see myself watching it again anytime soon. It's, I, I don't like straight Christmas movies for the most part. Uh, Christmas Vacation. And Christmas Story. And Christmas Story. And that's I it. get it. Well, I got some chasers here Sweet. before we end out this episode. It's a Christmas miracle. Uh, I got one. I'll give you these two. So we're going to do a total of three? Yeah. It's Christmas. I have three in here. No, three? Yeah. Huh? You can give me one if you want to. Do you have just one? I have one. Now you have two. Ho, ho, ho. Now I have two chasers. Now I have a machine Who goes gun. first? Ah, somebody new, evidently, because they have been paying attention to our ever-growing Dungeons & Dragons talk. Oh, no. <laughs> <coughs> okay, so if you guys don't know, um, bullshit, it was just about a year ago as we record this, um, I went to see a friend of the show, Brock Stevick, and he had been playing an online, like through Skype, uh, Dungeons and Dragons game, and I thought that'd be a fucking great destination, like every often Saturday night thing. Uh, we thought Nathan would be uh, down to do it, and he was. Yeah, how was my response? Is this a trick question? Are you fucking with me? I think Are, is this a trick question? Are you and fucking with me? So, for the, just, just <laughs> I was driving to McKay's at the time when you sent that to. <laughs> so, just shy of a year, we've been playing a uh, every other weekend Dungeons and Dragons game. Thing. Okay, we've talked about it on here enough that. Oh, okay. So this one is from Lisa herself. I see. So it's Christmas. She's got to get a question. Yeah, no, in there. it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> she does a lot of hard work behind the scenes for us. So thank you, Lisa. Appreciate it. Um, so if Brock was hosting a one-off Saturday night D and D game, and the storyline has to have a Christmas theme, who is your character, and what are their attributes? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Like uh, it's a. It's a. It's, it's a, little, a little heady. Hold on. It's a little heady. Can you answer that? Um, if you have a, a, a faster answer, you can go right ahead. Um, <clears throat> I'm a chaotic evil rogue and I'm a chaotic <laughs> evil rogue dressed all in black. And I go into the toy shop in the village and I steal all of the popular toy uh, a week before Christmas or life day or celebration of whatever D and D folk looking to make some extra coin. Are you? Yeah. And Oh, gee, darn. Somebody stole all the toys. I don't stay in this village. I go to the next village over, and I sell my toys at a slight markdown because it's all profit to me. And then I put the next shop owner out of business. I'm a gouger. 
Gary the Gouger. That's my character's name. <laughs> Chaotic evil rogue. A thief with thieves' tools. <laughs> <coughs> Nerd, Nerd alert! Nerd! Nerd! I think that's a good enough point, Andy, for a nerd alert. <laughs> um, I guess I would, I would have to most likely battle against you because it sounds like you're the main villain of this one shot, and maybe I'd be some type of cleric. I don't know what my character's name would be. Fucking dork. Sounds like it. Yeah, first name fucking, last name dork. You should call him the dork. <laughs> Fukin dork. Fukin dork. <laughs> He's a dwarf. <laughs> uh, of course he is. Uh, and if any of you aren't playing Dungeons & Dragons or it's, any sort of tabletop or role-playing game, do yourself a favor. Take one night a month or whatever and yeah. unplug from reality and do it. It's it's a good thing. Um. All right. Bill from Montana. You're hosting a holiday party. You have the outdoor movie screen set up to run films as ambiance for anyone hanging out Around the fire pit, what's showing? I'm curious as to what part of Montana Bill lives in that he's showing movies outside at Christmas time. Well, but um, maybe it's an inside. He knows we live outside. in Tennessee, so it's just, yeah. we're basically tropical to those right. those folk. Um, it's cold today, but it may not be cold. Tomorrow. I mean, we got we got a roaring fire going. Hey, roaring Christmas theme. They have to be Christmas theme movies, or are they just like it's a Christmas party and I'm showing. These I would movies. say they have to have an element. Of holiday to them, they don't have to be okay. First, first movie I'm going to show is going to be a Christmas story, and then to weed out the people that I don't want there, I'm going to put on Ski Patrol. Ski Patrol is a 1990. The guy that was doing Police Academy went. I'm getting out of Police Academy because it's gotten absolutely stupid. I'm going to go restart a series with a movie called Ski Patrol, and it did not work. <laughs> it did not create the. It wasn't new, as raunchy. It it's not the new police academy. It was of not. The the, 90s. It was not the new, the new police academy that he'd hoped it would be. But uh, for me and people like friend of the so friend of the show Travis Stevick, it has, holds a special place in our heart for some reason. Um, it's not good. Um, I do own a bootleg copy of it. That is one of my most cherished possessions. I love Ski Patrol. Uh, Martin Mall is in it. Ray Walston, he's in it. I would probably have. At least three movies, back to back to back. So your double feature is now. It's really a triple feature. Bloated into a third. Well, kind of, yeah. Just like your two sentence summaries. Sure. Got it. You know. Okay. I gotta. I gotta stay real. I gotta keep it real. You gotta stay on brand. Right. <laughs> um, I'm thinking Gremlins. Fair. You're starting with Gremlins. <laughs> starting with Gremlins. Okay. Next would be like. The next one is usually when most people are not paying attention. So it's just more ambiance. Most likely, it's going to be It's a Wonderful Life. I mean, it's not a bad movie, but it's just overplayed. Um, and then probably end it Probably end it with Elf. Have you, See, have you still not seen Elf? I've not seen Elf. Okay. I like what you've done there. I would just flip the first and third movies. Cause so Gremlins, you start with Elf and end with Gremlins? Yeah, because Elf, okay. Elf brings you in. It's funny and inviting. Who doesn't hate Will Ferrell? All right. Not no. even me. I like Will Ferrell now. Right. And Gremlins is two things. It's a Christmas movie, and it's like a midnight movie. It is. Okay. That's a good way. That's to how say. I would do it. But this is your answer. No, so you're right it's, it's but your right. it's your right to be wrong. No, it's my right to be wrong. Saturday night or Sunday afternoon, and you're about to launch into several hours of watching your favorite movies. What foods or beverages are you looking forward to? I think you need to say foods and beverages. Well, Usually sometimes with you, it's just beverages. It, that's 
That was going to be my joke. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for fucking that up. And Rick in Alabama has already gotten his answer, but uh, let's just say it's Sunday afternoon. Um, you know, for the sake of just being conversational, Rick, appreciate your question. Um, if it's early Saturday night and it's like a, we're doing a Saturday night movie thing and I have a time machine, uh, I'm going to go back and I'm going to get a Pizza House pizza from Pizza House back home, Winchester, Indiana. Okay. Area code 47394. You're going to realize after the fact that it's not as good as it was supposed to be? No, it was always as good as it was okay. supposed to be. They, they cooked their pizzas just long enough that the edges of the pepperoni would be crispy. Ooh. Just the edges. Just like, before they turned black? They're just, just before little. they started to get fucked up, yeah. And an order of pepperoni breadsticks, which was five breadsticks sliced down the middle, filled with pizza sauce, cheese, and pepperoni. It was delicious. <laughs> It was delicious. Um, thank you for not asking me what movies I would watch. Let's just assume they'd be some horror movies. But that would be the bev- uh, food I was looking forward to, and the beverage back in the day would be Pepsi. That's all I drank back in the day was Pepsi. Um, nowadays, it would be something like, um, well, definitely some sort of alcohol. I like Narragansett, and I like Maker's Mark. Those are my jams. Uh, been laying off the beer at night lately, though, because I fall asleep. They make me fall down. Uh, anything's food if you're brave enough right i do our chinese spot around the way does do a, an awesome general so's tofu mm. and you would i guarantee you you could fool a meat eater into thinking it was chicken i think i might have had it once oh yeah we, we've done it before yeah, yeah. how about you um, you need to read it because it's it's uh again thanks rick rick in alabama not sure where in alabama but i'm sorry that you live in alabama it doesn't really matter where it's alabama for the longest time, there are two specific snacks that I loved growing up. I don't make them as often, or at least I don't make one of the two. The other one I don't make because it's a bitch. Um, they're both um, holiday snacks that my mom would make during December. Uh, she would make the homemade Chex Mix. Um, my Aunt Vicky always made hers. I don't know how she made it. I don't know anything about it other than it. And the wheat ones were always the best because they always tended to soak up the crisps. All of, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The crisps were the best. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. You have like the rice, the corn, and the wheat Chex or whatever. It yep. was always the wheat Chex that soaked up the most. Did you guys have the Schwan Man? The Schwan Man? I don't know. I don't know what it was in California, but he's like a guy. It's like a frozen food service. Schwanson's? <clears throat> Swanson's for us it was Schwan S C H W A N N apostrophe S and okay. the, the logo was a, sh- a swan. Swan. They had like low key chicken nuggets and like frozen food and then they had like ice cream. Okay. Um, but the gallon size ice cream, if you were poor piece of shit like my dad's family was growing up, right? They learned to save all of the reusable dishes. So my aunt Vicky carried that into adulthood and would have the like the two gallon. Fucking bucket. Like that, she'd washed it so many fucking times the label like the logo had washed off. Like like ninety percent of the logo's gone, so you just see a little bit like of a, it. Like a blue filigree right. on there. Yeah. <laughs> and she would make a, a, so much fucking that was our that that was her the gift snack to mix the, kind to of the thing. family. Like right. my my dad, his family, which was my mom, my dad, and me, we got a fucking two gallon thing of homemade checks mix. My uncle Kurt and his wife, then two gallon thing of checks mix. Michael Tim and his wife. Like a two gallon thing of Chex Mix. That was her Depression era gift that she carried into the eighties and nineties. Um, and then the, with the caveat, now at Easter I want to get that container back, <laughs> and we'd have to bring my aunt Vicky the fucking container back. Right. Um, with us, it was the Chex Mix. She would do usually it was pretzel sticks with all of the three different Chex. Yeah. But she, the older I got, the more she kept adding more and more nuts to the mix. 
So it became like a 50% Bag mixed peanuts. nuts. No, it wasn't usually peanuts. It was usually the more expensive stuff. So it was like the pecans and the cashews and the almonds and stuff like that. And then her other was a sweet and she used to almost every year, at least when I was a kid until I moved out, she would make uh, caramel corn or caramel corn. And also, again, the older I got, the more and more nuts she would add What's to that, that mix. She loves nuts. In this scenario, it was always the fucking, go grab three handfuls of your Aunt Vicky's fucking Chex mix and then a can of Pepsi. All right, I'm going back to my room. See you guys at New Year's. Here's your two liter. Enjoy <laughs> no, it. it. was always cans. We had, we had cans. <laughs> Pepsi cans. All right, what's the last one? The last one is from Steve in California. Hey, Steve! Through the six-pack double feature seasons, a common thread has been some ambivalence towards holiday or Christmas movies in general. What a, what per- what a pertinent question. are your reasons for not liking them or what draws you in if you do? I have an answer, but I'll wait yeah, for you, you to you go. go ahead. You go ahead. You want me mine's, to go first yeah, to see if you're going to... No, I, you go ahead. I have a bit of retail holiday... PTSD. Oh, you're negative too. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Cool. Go for it. <laughs> um, I loved Christmas as a child and teenager until I got to start working. I remember Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving holiday-ish sales going to my grandparents and seeing like the newspaper ads that came out and like, look at all this cool shit that I will never buy. You know, some years were better than others and it would always play a damper from Thanksgiving all the way through the end of the new year. Uh, because even after Christmas would happen, it would still be like fucking two, returns. It'd be two. It'd be two more weeks of shit. You know, yeah. it's two more weeks of crap you got to deal with. Even after the twenty fifth, that still kind of bleeds through to this day. It's the reason why when I find Christmas music, on average, it's usually instrumental, and it's just it's retail PTSD. It's a very similar thing for me. Uh, when I was in. Uh, I worked. I worked after school. If like we were on spring break or fall break, I worked. And it was like, hey, you know all that Christmas shit we've built up for the last 15 years where it's like, oh, it's a magical holiday? Yeah, it doesn't mean shit anymore. Welcome to real life. It's a fucking holiday for children. And it's a holiday that I think Sometimes. it's a holiday that parents make horrible on themselves to start with. Um, they set unattainable goals for themselves because they think if they don't buy their kid the new shiny sparkly widget their kid isn't going to be happy because they haven't taught their children to be happy i'm gonna get real fucking dark with it you ready for this and that's not to be said like don't giving gifts is great like some people like to get gifts people like to give gifts and that's some people like both yeah (laughs) i love making people happy i hope steve (laughs) that sheds a little light it's just an impossibly it's a it's an ideal that doesn't exist anymore it's like like with a barbie doll that's why but about 95 percent Christmas movies are shit. That's why I like Christmas you're stories chasing, so much. You're chasing the reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> Cram another reindeer down the hole. 2021 was a weird year, man. It's going to be a few more weird years, man. We got the Omicron like variant that has just the popped fuck? his head. Is that a real thing? Yeah. That's, now it's Delta. <laughs> now it's Omicron. Omicron Percy Omicron. That sounded very... Futurama or The Simpsons? One of those two. Something. Omicron, Matt Grinning. Omicron Percy eyed eight. I think it was The Simpsons. Okay. I'm old enough to not remember now. God I'm, damn it. Remember. Okay. I guess this is a cold enough way to say it. <laughs> Steve, I hope we haven't ruined your... Open your mouth. 
Christmas with Quato. I hope we haven't ruined Christmas for you, Steve, or anyone else. Um, we'll probably be doing Christmas episodes every year, but I'll let you know now. They're going to be different from going going forward. Both. Fucking nailed that, by the way. Three-pointer right there. Three-pointer at the buzzer. Uh, He's on fire! We got to get the guest stars back in, man. We got to get some celebrities. I got that I wrote out three or three years ago, <laughs> specifically for Senator Johnson and and Brock. Yeah, same. I have we haven't discussed yet. So okay, gang. Um, what is coming up next? I don't know. Okay. There's nothing slated after the end of December at this moment. Okay. Um, so your guess is as good as mine, listeners. That you'll be surprised just as much as we will be. <laughs> well, I was just going to say like. Uh, going to have a bit of a break here at the end of the holidays, end of the year, gang. We will see you uh, fresh and early in 2022. Probably end of February, early March will be my guess. Hopefully when I have more of a voice. We'll see. <laughs> Who knows? You're not going to start singing, are you, Sammy? That's it. Uh, until the meantime, gang, uh, happy Christmas, Merry New Year, and stay off the moors. Six Pack Double Feature is a Clopec Media production. You can like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter if you're feeling funky. And check us out over at sixpackdoublefeature.com, where you can buy a t-shirt and a sticker. No animals were harmed during the making of this episode. In the end, the greatest snowball isn't a snowball at all. It's fear. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.